Everybody say this. Strength isn't loud, but it is consistent. Strength never is loud. Look at me, I'm strong. But strength is always consistent. But not our strength, his strength. And so tonight I want to talk about this. I want you to grab your Bible. Y'all ready? All right, let's get this. Go to, I know this, Zechariah. Oh, man. Some of y'all never been to that book in your life. In your life. Where's that at? The New or the Old Testament? If you got a Quran, you're in trouble. Go to Zechariah. We usually have it available for you on the screen. If you guys see me limping tonight, it's because my daughters decided to dig a hole in my yard. And I was mowing the lawn and stepped on that boy and twisted my ankle. Right where there never was a hole before. There was a hole now. And so that's what, that's what I'm seeing. Pastor Shawnee is on a ministry engagement tonight down at Battle Creek. So she said, hello, everybody. So she's got the kids tonight. So that's why she's not here. So we're going to get into this. Zechariah, we're going to start in chapter 4, verse 6. Everybody say small beginnings. I want to encourage some of you on this tonight. Small beginnings. It's convenient tonight that half my church isn't here. And I'm teaching on small beginnings. Um, I expect it in the summer. It's kind of the way it's always been for 20 plus years. Um, but it's something that we have to keep at the forefront of our thinking when God is doing something in your life is not to despise small beginnings. And I want to encourage you tonight. So I want you to write this down before we get in any scripture tonight. You guys know that I'm a preacher. You know what that is, right? That's a teacher and a preacher. So I'm a preacher. Um, but I, I was with a, a bunch of pastors last night, actually, and we was talking about this culture and how the gospel affects the culture and how to deal with certain issues that we have not been able to. Uh, that we never really had to deal with 20 years ago. Um, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And it's a, a vast array of things that we're dealing with. It's a different world, completely a different world now. And I think that it is imperative. Um, I was talking, they said, well, man, what do you do? And I said, you know, I'm a, I said, I'm passionate, but you ain't going to hear me tell the organ player to go to E-flat so I can hoop you up. Ain't nothing wrong with church. I grew up in church. But we live in a time to where emotional preaching has stunted our growth. Um, and what needs to happen is the body needs to sit up under teaching like never before. Teaching that helps you with how to transform your thinking so that you can transform your life. Amen. It's not about just running around because some people will shout you down and then go live like hell all week. Um, it's about getting the life of Christ to us so that we can begin to function in that reality out there. God's not trying to make you a better church member. He's trying to give you life more abundantly. Come on, somebody. He wants to make fathers better fathers, wives better wives, marriages better marriages, business owner better business owner. He wants to get actively involved in every detail of your world. And then he wants to show you how to do it better. 
Amen. So we're going to look at this. I want you to write this down. One step. One step is proof you've started. One step is proof that you've started. One step, just one step, is the beginning of a new world for you. Just one step is proof that you started. Write this down also if you're taking notes. One step is proof that you've confronted fear. It is the evidence that says, I have chosen to confront fear. Because you can pray about fear all day long. But until it's confronted, it's wishful thinking. Come on now. The Bible didn't say to rebuke fear. We have to understand that the Bible says that fear doesn't come from the Lord. Right? He hadn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How do you dismiss fear? You have to get to know love. It's the only thing that dismisses fear. Fear always has permission to be in the driver's seat if love doesn't say scoot over. We are oftentimes being controlled by our fears. You know, it is very possible, most, and, 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 and being in the people business so long, you know, most people would l- rather live with what if than actually attempt to do something and have to face the failure. They would be more comfortable saying, man, I could have been that if I'd have done this. <laughs> and they'll live with the what if simply because they do not want to have to confront the fact that I did step out and it didn't work out. What have I told you? Failure is a tool God uses to reposition you. Failure is not your enemy. It's your directive. God will use it. He's always used weakness to posture us more than strength. This is good tonight. I want to talk about this thing here. So we got this word beginnings. And you know me, I love to look at the etymology of everything. Why? Because I I like evolution. Not evolution from a scientific perspective, but I like how things evolve. I like to see how one thing means something today, but what was its original meaning? Where did we get it? How did it happen? Um, The evolution of language is something that I'm very interested in. I love it. I, I often read my Bible and the dictionary. Um, and so I love both. I just love words. So the word here is a 12th century term, the word beginning here, and it really comes from this word originate. So when you look at beginning, it comes from the word originate, right? I put this down and there's a couple definitions that I love. One of them is to take the first step in a direction. When we say, we talk about beginnings, it's taking a step in a direction. This is the part I love about it. The other definition means to start to deal with. <laughs> Ooh, I, when I seen that, I said, oh, I want to preach that thing. Because this is the beauty. We 
have so long in the church. How many grew up in church your whole life pretty much, right? How many altar calls you been to about the same stuff? Come on, talk to me. Yeah, the same stuff over and over and over and over and over and over. Eventually, you're going to have to come to grips with the fact that that ain't working for you. This is a pastor saying this. You can come here all day, but there's no altar in a biblical in a biblical context. The only altar in a biblical context is where they would sacrifice things. But we're coming to the front of a church with no sacrifice. This is the thing. It's not coming to the front of the church that delivers you. It's the sacrifice that you're willing to make. I don't care where you decide to walk to. As long as you bring a sacrifice with it, because what you're willing to sacrifice is going to determine what your future looks like. If you're not willing to sacrifice the way that God is telling you to sacrifice, you might as well just get comfortable in your present condition. The only thing that's going to change is you're going to get older. Age does not equal maturity. I know a lot of people older with no maturity. Come on, somebody. Time doesn't make you mature. Surrender does. And so we we got to understand that this definition here, beginnings, I love the translation there, to start to deal with. Once I take a step in the direction that God is calling me to take, no matter how crazy it looks, at the moment that I take the step, I'm starting to confront things. I believe that in every family there is a Joseph. I believe that in every family God has put his hand on one individual that's meant to break the cycles. God has put that on my life. I know that. We can pray generational curses come off. We can do that till we're blue in the face. But if it doesn't marry disciplines, it will never result in deliverance. God always has his hand on somebody that is meant to model what a new mindset looks like. Right. And it's so easy to get caught up in the same mindset of your brothers, your sisters. You grew up the same way. You had the same upbringing, maybe a lot of the same experiences. And so it's so easy. I'll never forget this. And, and, and I haven't taught on this a lot. But when uh, so I, I was a dropout of high school. A lot of people may know that or may not. I was a dropout of high school. I was a very angry kid. Father wasn't in the home. Um, just had a lot of issues going on. But I give my heart to the Lord at about 15. Seriously. Uh, still had a whole lot of mess going on, but I was working through it. You know, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. I was going through it. And I had some encounters with God that changed my life. And long story short, we was traveling with a group. At the time, I was learning to play keyboards, traveling with a group. And my whole family, generations, have lived in Battle Creek, Michigan. Battle Creek is kind of like Flint. It's just uh, not a lot going on there besides cereal. So... Um, <laughs> and so, you know, everybody in my family were alcoholics, drug addicts, liars. I mean, we was like modern day pirates. You know, um, it was it was crazy. Um, all of my brothers, uh, all of my brothers, all had potential. Uh, Jeff, my oldest brother, had an opportunity to go play in the NBA. Uh, six, he's a lot taller than me, guys. He's 6'5", and he was all KVA. He had a lot of stuff going for him. Ended up hurting himself. That whole dreams diminished. He went into a cycle, a circle of all kinds of depression. My other brothers, I, I could tell you stories about my family. I come from a large family. Got five brothers, one died, uh, and a sister. And so my whole upbringing, everybody stayed in Battle Creek. 
Nobody ever made the move to do anything significant outside of that little small influence. And so long story short, I'll never forget, I was traveling with this group playing keyboards. And we went to a place in Flint, Michigan. And this is where I met Pastor Inslee. And he comes up to me, if you know my spiritual father, he was a, a great guy. He is a true prophet, but he, he was different, you know. And um, so he comes up to me. I knew nothing of prophetic or apostolic ministry. had never experienced anything like that. And he comes up to me and says, I feel like you're supposed to be here. He gave me a job. I didn't have nothing else going on. I was mowing lawns for $10 to try to survive. I didn't have no money. I didn't come from money. didn't come from anything. I uh, didn't have a place to live. I was living with my friend because my mom kicked me out because I was sneaking girls in the house. Uh, all kinds of stuff. We was a hot mess, y'all. And so um, it was just it was a lot going on. So I didn't have nothing. So I said, all right. Well, I moved to Flint. He said he's got a house. Now, that house was tore up. How many ever lived in a house with a Michigan basement? Y'all know what that is? That means it's dirt. They just dug a hole and put a water heater down there. So mice and everything could come up, man. I mean, I was getting, we starting to build a relationship with a couple of them. I was like, hey. Like, <laughs> it was bad. And, uh, but it was my own house at the time. And so I thought I was doing something. I was young. Long story short, the way that that happened was the night before he came to pick me up. I didn't have a car. He came to pick me up. I was walking to this store and I was coming through the back alley at night I was nervous because nobody in my family had ever moved come through here and walk to the front of the store and when I walked there was a man standing on the corner and he says where do you think you're going and before I could turn around I already knew I was talking to a demon I knew this wasn't a man because when he said where do you think you're going he wasn't talking about it in that moment he's talking about the decision that I'm making to leave this place and when I turned around, he was gone. And this is a huge parking lot. Nobody could have ran that fast ever. And I get in the car the next day. Pastor Risley takes me up to the Genesee Valley Mall. I take the, uh, gives me 50 bucks to get some clothes. I go up and get Panda Express. I sit down in the food court. And guy sits right across from me. And I'm like, what in the world? And I look up and he says, I asked you a question. Where do you think you're going? And vanished. It's hard for people to believe, but it's true. There is an opposition over your life. And they're working a lot more diligently than some of us are taking our purpose seriously. And it blew my mind. Um, I say that because what took place is it changed the trajectory of my life. If you was to meet my brothers, it would be difficult for you to imagine me being their brother in some cases, simply because of where my mindset is versus where theirs is. Now, I love my family, but there's a Joseph in every family that's meant to break the cycle. And to do that, you have to be obedient. you got to be obedient. Why? Because God knows how to reposition you so that you can be a blessing to the people that he's trying to change. You hear me? You got to be obedient. I don't know what those steps are for you. I don't know what that looks like. I used to be afraid to tell that story because it seems so wild, but it's an experience that God gave me. And it broke the trajectory, it broke the cycle that was happening in my family. 
And uh, I thank God for it. And now looking back, I realized that the moment that I got in that car and I decided to abandon Battle Creek and go on the journey, there would be no Pastor Gale, there would be no VC had I not made that initial step to go. I would know nothing of prophetic ministry. I would know nothing of apostolic ministry. I would know nothing of the spirit world. I would be probably just a gifted dude that's still sitting there letting my dreams just die rather than doing what I'm doing. Simply why? Because I took a step. I didn't know all the details. I just took a step. And so this is so imperative that you need to understand this. Hear me tonight that when you take the initial step, you have decided To let God change the trajectory of your life. It's not as simple as, oh, I just took a step. No, 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 no. You just stepped into a new world. You are stepping into the first step is just as important, if not more, than any other step that you'll do. Now, the problem with the first step is you don't see the manifestation of everything That is going to happen. It's so easy to despise it because I took the step. I'm here, Lord, but it still feels the same. I still look the same. I still feel this way, blah, blah, blah. What's changing? I'll tell you what changed. You took the step. Once you take the step, you are now coming into a position in your heart to where you're saying, Lord, I'm no longer talking about it. I took the step. Then what's happening is we go back to the original meaning of the word. I'm starting to deal with it. I'm starting to deal with it. The first step is an introduction to you confronting everything God's trying to correct in your thinking. You are in the position that you are in. If you are miserable, if you struggle with certain things going on in your world, you're in that position because of what you continually entertain. You keep entertaining thinking that is cut off from the intentions of God. You are going to have a worldview that looks nothing like his intentions for you. Amen, somebody. You know, joy is available on Monday. Come on, peace is available on Monday. It doesn't have to be misery Monday. (laughs) You get up this Monday, say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for a week of divine favor. Thank you for a week that you are leading me. Thank you for a week of strength. Thank you for a week of clarity. Thank you for this Monday. I'm here. Come on now. Pastor, I don't know if God's got purpose. Take a breath. If you're still breathing, there's purpose on your life. Amen, somebody. This okay? So go to Zechariah here 4. Look at this, verse 6. We're going to read here. I'm going to give you some good reading, Pastor Tim. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of New beginnings. I want you to look at this real quick. This is where we got to grab this. This is Zechariah getting a word from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one that God has used, and he is a a Jewish, Jewish man that used to be, see, at the time, they was in captivity. He was a... He was a Jewish man that was coming back to his people to rebuild the temple. The temple to the Jew was everything. This is where they would sacrifice. This is where they would get things right with God, all this stuff. We know now that we're the temple in the new covenant. So this is all Old Testament stuff. But the temple was everything. God wanted to rebuild the temple. He's sending this man back to a place to where these people are in captivity. It's not like there's resources. It's not like somebody's going to come up with a check and say, hey, man, here's the money to get it. 
He's sending him back to a hopeless situation. Simply from a word. Some of you ain't moving until you have resources. God demands that you move with a word. Come on, somebody. If it's resources that get you to move, the enemy can keep you where he wants you. He has availability to resources. He just doesn't have availability to a word. My sons hear my voice. And no other will they follow. My flock, my sheep, they hear my voice. They know the voice of the Father and no other will they follow. This is Zerubbabel. Man, we're going to murder this thing all night. Zerubbabelly. <laughs> Not this, this. I'm telling you, this is where the speaking of tongues came into existence. I'm trying to read these texts, Sarah Bobbly. He's. <laughs> you know what I love is when people read it, acting as if they know how to pronounce it. You're guessing too, man. Quit, quit. This is the word from the Lord to Z, saying, "Not by might." Now watch this. Everybody say small beginnings. What changes your world? Not by might, nor by power. This is why we're messing up. We're trying to do it in our own strength. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Why are we getting frustrated? Because things ain't working around us? Because you're trying to force it. You cannot force it. You may be right. God, I stepped out. What is happening right now? What's happening is he still got you paying attention to the first things. You just a small beginning doesn't mean that it is a small frame of time. Your beginning may be years. What determines your season is the obedience that you walk out. The length of what you're going through is determined by the obedience that you're walking things out. This is a good word tonight. So you you can't just speed up your season, y'all. If God says, no, 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 you're not graduating from this thing yet. Learn to serve at the level that you are. Quit comparing yourself to Oprah. You ain't passed those tests yet. And what you see as favor on somebody else's life may not be favor. How many millionaires? Robin, what's the guy that played in all the movies? Robin Williams. The dude was a multimillionaire, $400 million in the bank and commits suicide. He was miserable. I would watch videos and he would, he was crying and he was, he was angry. He was, he was like, he would go through these emotional roller coasters. He had all the resources he needed. He didn't have no peace. What you may see as that's what I want. You don't want that. Trust me. Trust me. You'll know you're ready for the next season when you're at peace with the season you're in. Until you can find peace here, you're not ready for that. Amen, somebody. Because if it ain't peace that's operating in your heart, anxiousness is going to get you in all kinds of mess. Come on now. Amen, Pastor. So let's continue to read. Look at this next verse. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Also, the word of the Lord came to me Don't you love that? That's how he starts building. With shouts of grace, grace. You don't catch that? This Old Testament in this grace is coming forth. That's how you start building is grace, grace. It's not enough to be graceful to your neighbor. You got to learn to be graceful with yourself. 
It's time for you to quit being your enemy. Take the first step and let your failures go. Why? You're not there no more. You took the step. That's not you. One of the the biggest deals about transition is once you transition, you have to understand that transition is corporate. It's not personal. Because it demands that other people see you differently too. (laughs) One of the things that will keep you from transitioning is holding on to a memory of what was. Making idols out of it. You know that you can absolutely experience God in a season and he can deliver you from something. And if you ain't careful, you can live in that memory and become religious. We don't stand on what God said. We stand on what he's saying. Remember in the Old Testament when they was all the serpents was biting him. God told Moses, he said, take this, take this, this thing. And he puts up this brazen snake, this serpent, right? And all these people that looked at it got healed, right? Well, then years, years later, the prophet comes to the temple and says, why is this thing in the temple? God used it in a season. It was never supposed to be a part of the future. It kills me. How many have been to churches to where they're living in the past? God moved in a season in their life. They're trying to reinvent that every service. You ain't supposed to do that. God never gives you an experience so you can idolize it. It's always meant to point you to him. Amen, somebody. So, so we have to understand that when we are transitioning in God, that we have to fully be committed to the next season. You may have been anointed in your yesterday. That anointing is no longer something God's pulling on. He's trying to introduce you to a new mantle. You may have been a singer there. God may want to use you as a teacher here. Doesn't mean he doesn't have access to your singing there. That's not to you. Doesn't mean that he doesn't have access to this gift. It's just right now the demand is here. Amen, somebody. Doesn't mean you're still not good there. Just means that's not what he wants to use at this moment. Amen, somebody. And why is transition so important? Why is it so important that we transition the right way? Because if you don't move, the person that's supposed to be there doesn't have the space to grow. Your last season is somebody's next season. Your last season is somebody's next season. Get out my way. Get out my way. It may not be a new car to you, but it is to me. Get out of my car. Because <laughs> you don't know what I was driving up here. This car that you... Man, I want this car. You don't know what I've been driving the last season. It's good teaching. Just look at someone and say, get out of my way. Look at this next part. Let's read, Pastor. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord, which range to and fro throughout the earth. Amen. So let's go. Genesis 1. Swing over there real quick. Give me 10 minutes, to, and I'm going to wrap this up. Look here. First scripture. It's not the oldest book. Job is older. But this is chronologically the first book, they say. 
Um, and this is important. Look at what it says. Everybody say, in the beginning. Who's next? See, it can't be in the beginning you or it doesn't work. It has to be in the beginning God. If it's not God, everything you're doing, you're going to despise because you're doing it in your own strength. It has to be him. And then keep reading. He creates the heaven and the earth. But watch this. The next verse says, and it was what? Formless. How can you create something that doesn't have form? It says he creates the heaven and the earth. The next verse says it's formless and void. Isn't that something? That's what a step does. One step. Is it creates something, but it doesn't have a manifestation yet. Only thing attached to it is obedience. The only thing that you can pinpoint is obedience. The only thing that you can say, here's the evidence that it's new, is obedience. I don't have the business. I don't have the customers. I don't have the resources. I don't have the building. I don't have none of that stuff there. All I got is the step. I can show you that I used to be standing here, and now I'm standing here. I've got frustration. I've got all these things working with this step, but I made the step. I made the step. I'm here. And what will frustrate here is when you start trying to get ahead of where you're at. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Why? Because you're comparing yourself. You're comparing yourself. You don't see somebody doing it so great. You want to be that and blah, 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 blah. I get it. And that's great, man. God always shows us the palace and never the prison, Joseph. But it's you're here and it's so imperative that you understand that here is a completely different world than there. It's so imperative. You know, in the kingdom, there's no backward motion. You know, you can't walk backwards in the kingdom. Not supposed to. Where's the armor of God at? It's all in the front, isn't it? Ain't no back plate. Why? Because your past can never hurt you if you don't let it. You don't have to protect yourself from your past. You just need to take the step forward. Them jokers that don't like you, leave them in the past. Leave them in the past. As they grow, God will confront those issues. Amen, somebody. You said sorry. Leave it with that. Just make the change. Amen, somebody. I promise you, you're never going to arrive to a place where people ain't jealous. Jealousy comes from an internal issue within people. Has nothing to do with your success. Has everything to do with the regrets. It's good teaching. In the beginning, God. Look at here. Go to Psalms 37, verse 23 here. And before we do this, I want you to write down these notes here. Am I doing all right tonight? Every beginning requires two things. I want you to write this down. Here's that teaching stuff. A word and a step. You want to start a new season, you need a word, and then you need a step. Just a step. Not a jog, not a leap. Marissa, come here just real quick. I, I know you're right. Just come up. Just walk on that stage for me. Look at this, guys. Watch this. How did she get there? She's now at a completely different level than she was when I called her. But how'd she get there? Steps. 
Steps is how she got there. Leaps will kill you. You want to get injured? Start leaping. Some of you got some bounce, I know. Some ups. But there's always going to be a place where anxiousness tells you to take a leap that you don't have the strength to complete. And injury is the result of it. Leaps will kill you. Steps will lead you. Steps. Small steps. Steps are more valuable than leaps. You grow more with steps. You're good. Thank you. Amen. So every word, every beginning requires a word and a step. Um, look at this here. Psalms 37, 23. Watch this. Everybody knows this passage. The steps of a righteous man or a man are established by the Lord, right? Did, look at the word there again. The what? The steps. Not your leaps, not your running, not your marathons. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. That's the key. Don't despise small beginnings. Delight in them. Delight in it. That is a step that God is revolutionizing your world. We spend too much time trying to figure out what tomorrow brings, and we do not stay thankful for what today is. Look at look at where you're at. God has been good to you. God has blessed you. I often I love Chantel's our, our sister. You know, she's a faithful member and, and, and I love Chantel and Dorian. But you know, one thing I love about Chantel is she's real. I've known her now for a lot of years, over twenty years. And you know, I remember when Chantel was just getting going. And I remember the irritation because she, she'll she, listen when she trusts you in your ear, it's coming, y'all. She, 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 she'll vent that boy. She's got a little job in her. She, she'll go, ah, Where are you? You know, uh, and, she, and I love it because she's real. Um, but to see where she's at now is ridiculous. Steps, steps got you there. Where God is taking you, steps is going to get you there. A word and a step. Not a leap. A word and a step. Come on, somebody. Amen. So watch this. Look at the next verse. We always know that this verse, that the steps of a righteous man is ordered. But what does that look like? Look at the next verse. You got to keep reading sometimes. Look at the next verse, Pastor Tim. Watch this. What are the steps that are, that are so righteous? What are they? It says, when he falls. <laughs> The steps that are ordained, is it possible that the things that are ordained in your life, God has actually ordained you to fall? Come on. Come on. (laughs) I need you to get this. Because you're tripping right now because things ain't looking right. Maybe it's the failure that God's trying to get you to. The only cure for your blindness right now is you to come in contact with a limit of your own strength. Because you're never going to do what God called you to do in your strength. Maybe his ordained steps is a season of failure. Maybe it's a season right now. Look at the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. The next verse, when he falls. 
<laughs> when he falls, oh Lord, God, you want me to take this? Ooh, yeah, that's my will for you. I'm trying to get you off balance. I'm trying to get you vulnerable. I'm trying to expose that side of you. Your strength has got you in a mess. You, that's why you got anxiousness and anxiety. You're trying to hold it all up. You can't do it. It's time to let go. God can do more with your weakness than he can your strengths. In our weakness, his strength is made what? Perfect. You want to brag about what you can do or you want to flex about what he can do? Amen. We, 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 we're dealing with God in the beginning. It has to be God all the time. Every move you make, God. Every step, God. Should I do it? God. What, what am I doing? God. You got, it's always got to be God in the beginning of everything. Because this is the beauty of a step. Every step is a new beginning. The first step is something new, but the second step is something new. Every step is new. You're only met in the kingdom of living new. You are now new creation. (laughs) New is your permanent posture. Come on now. I want to encourage you tonight, man. Listen, quit looking at the size of your mountain. Quit looking at that. Start looking at the size of your God. Pastor, it ain't working out. Yes, it is. Steps of a righteous man are ordered. But when he fall, <laughs> it's tripping right now. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's sovereign. Maybe he's trying to teach you something that you will never see. Some of us are so hard-headed. God has to just get us in a season where we're getting clocked upside the head every day. Because we hard-headed. I'm putting the emphasis on that. Hard-headed. Just want to do it our way. Get out of an anointed service. Go right back out there and do it the same way. God said, man, you ain't going to learn by permission. So I'm going to have to just let love that never fails get involved. You're going to start bumping your head. I'm going to let it all fail until you finally get to a place of surrender. And it's love that does that. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You received this tonight.